Entertaining. Cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome everyone. My name is Brad Remillard. I am usually here with my partner, Barry Deutsch. Barry is uh, traveling today on some business, and so uh, for the next 50 minutes or so, I'll be uh, going alone. Uh, just to introduce ourselves a little bit better, if you're new to our show, we are a retained executive search firm and best practices hiring company. What basically that means in English is for the last 30 years, myself and Barry have been doing retained classic retained executive search firm for companies uh, on a national basis, mostly in the mid-size range. And from the hiring side, we serve two markets. We work with companies extensively on training programs, hiring programs, to help them uh, improve their hiring process, particularly when they don't have an HR department, where they need support in improving, attracting, and hiring top talent. Many small companies have this problem, and so we take our skills as executive recruiters for 30 years and work with these companies to help them do that. On the candidate side, if you're a candidate listening today of the hiring, best practice hiring company, is really uh, about you in our show today. We work with candidates or job seekers, job hunters, whatever you want to call yourselves, and helping you run an effective, efficient job search so you can spend less time looking for a job. The whole goal of job search is to get out of a job search, and we work to give you the tools, the resources, and the information you need to accomplish that. We take our 30 years as executive recruiters working with thousands of companies, thousands of job searches, understanding the issues that hiring managers, HR, CEOs have told us with all these candidates are having problems or why they don't want to work with them, why they didn't get the job, why they didn't get the interview, what was wrong with their resume, and we try and give you that information so you can use it in your job search and run a more effective job search campaign. We find that many candidates just don't have that experience, and why should they? That's not their area of expertise. It would be like me trying to step into your area of expertise because I have a little bit of experience and I wouldn't be as efficient and as effective as you. And for many candidates, the first time in, in a job search or they haven't been in a job search for a while, so they're not as efficient and as effective as they could be. So that's what this radio show is about. For the next 50 minutes, we're going to talk about interviewing do's and don'ts, and we're going to learn and hopefully talk a little bit about some of the problems candidates. So this is going to be from the candidate's perspective. Some of the things candidates do, and we're going to we and some things hiring managers do, that really make the interviewing or interview go sideways. Something goes wrong, and that's what we want to talk about today. But before I do that, I want to let you know that every Monday from 11 to noon, these are the kind of things we talk about on LA Talk Radio, and so you can join us every Monday if you would like to participate. If you have a comment, uh, maybe a question, you've had an issue that happened to you in an interview, this would be a great time to call in. Let's talk. Let's help our alert, list, other listeners learn from everybody, and uh, you can do that very simply by calling 818 818-602-4929, 818-602-4929. And you can participate in the call. I just want to warn you ahead of time, if your 
use if you use call blocking, you will not get through. You'll probably get a, a message or something to the effect all the lines are busy when, in fact, you most likely have call blocking on. So you need to hit star 82, then dial the 818-602-4929, and you'll get right through. We'll put you on as quick as we can. If, on the other hand, you're at the, in an office, in a noisy environment, or shy, you just don't feel like talking, but you'd like to discuss it, just send us an email. Forward me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com. Info at impacthiringsolutions.com. Solutions.com, and as they come in, if I have time, I'll try and read them. Sometimes I've got to read and talk at the same time, and uh, that's multitasking may not be my strength. But we'll try and get those on the air, particularly if they're real relevant and part of what we're looking for and, and, and uh, on part of what we're talking about. We'll try our best to get those on, uh, on the air for you today, at least answer your question. The best way would be, though, if you really have a burning thing, uh, issue, to give us a call at the 818 number. Interviewing do's and don'ts. And the fact is, interviewing do's and don'ts works both ways. We could have an hour-long program on what candidates do right and wrong in an interview, do's and don'ts. We could have an hour-long discussion on what hiring managers do or HR people do or recruiters do that really help the interview go sideways or not be effective. This is an often a problem that takes place during the interview. And so today I want to try and go a little bit more in depth on that. Now, one of my big challenges or one of the areas I'm trying to get across more and more to candidates in particular is I hear too often candidates tell me that I know that. And I'm on this campaign to get candidates to stop saying, I know that. Some of the things we're going to talk about today, I know you know. There's a big difference between knowing something and doing something. And it is a quantum leap that few can make that uh, will change how this goes, how you interview, when you go into a quantum leap. I'd like you to think about, all right, what are you doing and what do you know and how is that different? Because I see it all the time. I sit in front of Kenneth interviewing them and I will ask them a question. Do you know you are doing X and they will not have a clue they're doing it? Let me give you an example. I'll say to a client, a candidate, while I'm interviewing him, do you realize that in the last two minutes while you answered that question, you never looked me in the eyes? You glanced back and forth at me, but you never looked me in the eyes? Over 50% of the candidates will deny that. And I'm watching for this. I'm staring at them. I'm watching their eyes as they move around. They don't even know they're doing it because nobody's told them that. Now, they know they should be looking in my eyes. They know they should be looking at me. They just don't know that they're not doing it. And so I hope today I go through this rather than asking the question you're saying to yourself, well, I know that, and just blowing it off, which so many candidates and then hiring managers for that reason do. I really ask yourself, how do I know I'm doing it? And how do I know I'm doing it correctly and efficiently 
and effectively so you make that impact. One of the keys to interviewing, it isn't always about you and your qualifications. A lot of times, the best qualified person doesn't get the job. The best interviewer gets the job. Think about that. Candidates always focus on their skills, their experiences, their qualifications. I don't think in 30 years as a recruiter, I've ever gotten a candidate to say to me, to send me an email, to communicate with me, anything other than, I don't understand why I haven't got this job right. I'm frustrated. I'm out there. I'm more, I'm more qualified than people. I know I'm better than all the other people, but I'm not getting the job. I've never had one come back to me and say, you know, I'm just not interviewing well. I know that's why I'm not getting the job. People less qualified for me are getting the job, and that's one of the reasons they get the job, and often you don't. Candidates have to really step back and recognize that interviewing is more than just your experiences, your skills, your knowledge, your certificates, and what makes you a better qualified person, your years of experience. It has to do with your ability and how well you interview. So there are some basic things that, again, I know you know. Strong eye contact. Great handshake. You got A lot of cultures have this different culture, if you will. I don't know how to say it. That they give a weak handshake. Well, in the American culture, you want a strong handshake. So you may have to think about that. How, how do you dress for the interview? How do you present yourself in that introduction? Because the first impression is one of the most powerful impacts of an interview. Most candidates, and hiring managers for that manager, never really comprehend how important that first impression is. How that first impression drives the interviewing process. When a candidate goes and makes a strong, really impressive uh, first impression, that can set the tone for that interview. But when the same candidate can go in or another candidate can go in, better experience, better qualifications, all these great things, make a weak first impression, and the interview is over before they even leave the lobby. So one of the things I would tell you to do is find out first do you make a strong first impression? And there's a number of ways you can do that. You can interview with another person and get their feedback. You could invest a few bucks, can't be more than three fifty bucks, and work with a coach for a short period of time, for an hour or so, and work on this first impression. There are many things you can do. You can videotape yourself. To ensure that you're giving a great, lasting first impression. I don't believe there's anything more powerful than the first impression in an interview. And we talk about this on a regular basis. In fact, in our book, uh, This Is Not the Position I Accepted, which is really the candidate book, we have, I don't know, five or six questions, um, chapters rather, on uh, interviewing. The key one that we start with always when we stress is make first impression. You, as the candidate, can control the interview by making a great first impression. So that's step number one. Are you making a great first impression? Not do you know it, but are you doing a great first impression? 
once you get past the first impression, there's some other things you have to know about interviewing and what's involved in the interview to ensure that you're communicating well with the hiring manager, recruiter, human resources person. This is one that everybody knows. This is one that maybe you've been told about it, but like most people, you blow it off because it's the other person, not me they're talking about. I don't do that. Everybody else does that. The reason you hear about this so much is because it happens so much. If it wasn't happening, recruiters, books, coaches, outplacement firms, HR people wouldn't be bringing it up every single time you hear in a uh, program on interviewing. And that is listening. And in fact, it comes up when you even talk, go to a communications class. Go take a class on how best to communicate, how to improve your communication. The first thing they're going to talk about is how well do you listen versus talk. I can tell you from both personal experience, and I've had over 10,000 interviews in my life. I think I got this down, or at least I've done it a few times. I can tell you from phone interviews especially, and as a candidate, I can tell you I get this feedback from my hiring manager, and I know everybody listening to it again. It's not you. It's everybody else, but maybe we could focus on you for a minute. Maybe we could get you to do some introspective here, and how well do you listen to the question? I think what happens is the candidate hears the first part of the question, and maybe the first part of the question is something on a, a topic. The candidate's mind immediately starts thinking, how do I answer that question? What's the answer to it? What's in my background? What have I done? What kind of issues do I want to talk about? How do I want to phrase the question? All this stuff's going through their mind. They don't hear the last part of it, which is really the question. The first part may be just the setup, and the second part may be the real question they want you to answer, and the candidate doesn't hear that. So therefore, they're answering the wrong question. You've got to really step back and listen. And if it takes you a second or two to pause before you answer that, I think giving a thorough, in-depth answer is better, because you waited a few minutes, is better than not answering the question because you didn't hear it. Now, that can get back to another show we did on preparation. And what you've got to do really to prepare so you are able to listen, not trying to anticipate the question, and therefore you are pre-answering the question in your mind before the question is even asked. I can tell you this is one of the biggest issues we get in feedback. I can tell you as I've talked to other recruiters and asked them about this, as I talk to hiring managers, the candidates don't listen to the question. As a recruiter, I often will co-interview with my clients. So when the candidate comes out the first interview, the two of us will be there, the hiring manager and myself. In most interviews, once, twice, three times, I will have to interrupt the candidate, and I will have to say that was a good answer, but you know that really wasn't the question, or you really didn't answer the question. Let me rephrase the question for you which tells me the candidate isn't listening. What signal are you sending to that recruiter or to that hiring manager? 
you're not a good listener. They're going to say things, ask you to do things in the, in the North day-to-day job, and you're not going to have heard what they want you to do. Interviewing is a skill. A skill that has to be developed. And listening is that same type of thing. You have to develop the skill. Few candidates take the time to develop that skill to be great interviewers because they don't do it that often. You've taken a lot of time to develop the skills and experiences you need in your job because you go to classes, you take read books, you work on becoming better, you do it over and over again. But interviewing you do randomly. You don't have those skills. And candidates are often nervous in the interview. The result being they don't really listen to the question. Again, get yourself a coach. When a recruiter calls you and does an interview, maybe at the end of the interview, ask them for some feedback. If a candidate asks me for some feedback after an interview that I've had, I will give them honest feedback. Few candidates take the time to ask. How was the interview? Did I listen? Did I answer your question? Anything I could do better? How did I come across in the interview? And you've got a person sitting right in front of you that's probably willing to give you that information if they're a professional recruiter. And most candidates never even take advantage of that. Again, I think candidates, in fact, I'm convinced that if most candidates came out into a job search, invested 100 maybe 200 bucks, and they ain't much more than that, to really get themselves prepared with a great coach, a great person that, that knows what they're doing, they could substantially reduce by months the time they spend looking for a job. The old, what's that saying, pay me now or pay me later? Most candidates would rather spend a whole other month looking for a job than to go out and spend $200 and get a speech coach to show them how to use their voice, which we'll talk about Go out and get a uh, career coach to help them on something. Uh, invest any kind of money. They even get a, a CD for nineteen ninety five. They won't do it. It's a huge mistake to spend more time looking for a job than just overcoming a few of these. So I would encourage you to really peak your listening skills. Again, you can test that. Get somebody. Have them do an interview. Ask the recruiter at the end, how did I do? Did I listen well? Did I answer that question? Was that the question? Get used to listening to the whole question before you start thinking of the answer in your mind. And I think many candidates would dramatically improve the interviewing process just by doing that one simple thing because it's very frustrating. And I'm sure if you've hired people, you know that it's very frustrating. And you know that you've walked out and had an interview and somebody said, you know, they're just not listening to me. Uh, I don't understand what they're saying and they're just not hearing me and I'm frustrated and they move on. It's easy to do. I want to take a uh, an email I just got in because it's somewhat relevant on what's going on and, and there may be more to it, but it's definitely relevant to the, uh, to the top. It's from Kevin in St. Paul, Minnesota. And Kevin says, I'm getting interviews with recruiters that say they have a job, but I'm not getting in front of the company. And then go on to give me an example. Um, but that's not uncommon. Now, that's two issues right there. Number one, I would say is the recruiters, are, do they really have a job? Let's assume for the minute that 
if you're getting interviewed with recruiters, not all of them are just making it because I'm a recruiter and I've got better students than how I'm interviewing candidates. So, and I'm going to assume it doesn't say, but I'm going to assume it's a face-to-face interview. Maybe it's a phone interview. Kevin doesn't really say. But if he's getting in front of recruiters, but not going forward, something's going wrong in the interview. Why do I say the interview? Because the recruiter's already seen his resume. So he's already picked up, must have something here I'm looking for. Once in a while, you know, 10, 20% of the time, as a recruiter, I'll say, hey, you know, you, I thought I might see this in your background or you're just not right or something goes wrong. But that's not 100%. So let's deal with the middle of the bell-shaped curve. The majority, the majority of time when I pick the phone up and call a candidate, or worse, or better, however you want to look at it, when I invite them into my office for a face-to-face interview, there is a very high probability they're going to go out to my company. I'm not a, I've already seen their resume. I've probably phone interviewed them. My staff phone interviewed them. So if I invite them in for a face-to-face interview, I'm not wasting hours with them. My time because I've got nothing to do here other than, let's see, interview or watch the grass grow. I'm serious. So if that's happening to you, Kevin, something's going wrong in the interviewing process. Chances are, I find, that most candidates don't need to overhaul or dramatically change how they interview. They need to make some small adjustments. Maybe you're not making a strong introduction. Maybe you're uh, not listening. Maybe you don't have that eye contact. And if you don't ask the recruiter, I don't get feedback. You know, it's not my, I'm not here to give you feedback. That's not my job. If you ask me as a courtesy, I'm happy to do that. But it's not the recruiter's job to critique your interviewing abilities or lack of abilities unless you want to pay them to do that. They're getting paid by a company to perform a task. If you want them to do that, and believe me, if you find a great recruiter, I think it would be a great $100 investment. Cheap compared to a month out of work. But if you don't, they're probably not going to ask you. So there's probably something going wrong. It could be just how you come across what I like to call your presence. Maybe you have a weak voice. Let's take an example. I see this regularly, and it's another great area. Very fixable. What I really want to do with I talk about the do's and don'ts, let's talk about the fixable problems because certain issues we can't change. If you're not qualified, you're not qualified. I can't change that. But if it's an interviewing issue, I can, or we can work on it. Let's we'll talk about eye contact. We've talked about introduction. Very fixable. We've talked about listening. Very fixable. Let's talk about one of the other big problems, especially as a recruiter. HR. We're looking for fit. We're looking for how will you fit into this company. What kind of, you know, we look at the hiring manager and we get to know the hiring manager a little bit and we look at how will this candidate fit. If you come across an interview, whether meek, uh, soft-spoken, unassertive, desperate, lack of confidence, and there's a lot of things that do that, all those issues. Maybe your body language, it may be the tone of your voice, it may be how you communicate, presence, And my, it doesn't lie with my client. You're not going to get it. And if you have this weak presence because that's what your nature is, you're probably going to be getting a lot of interviews not with a recruiter or with a company and never making it to the offer state. So what can you do? Let's fix that. There's a lot of things you can do. Number one, do you videotape yourself? 
Have you ever had a mock interview with a videotape and seen yourself? I have done this with candidates who ask for my advice on interviewing. We go through this process, you know, or part of, uh, or we'll do it part of, as part of our job search coaching in our uh, university. I'll interview the candidates, but I'll be videoing them. The camera's on them. At the end of the interview, I will ask the candidate one simple question. We turn the sound off. They're just watching the image. There's no sound. They're just watching themselves. And I'll ask the candidate, based on what you see here, would you hire yourself? 50% will say no. 50% will laugh, kind of giggle, kind of say, gee, I didn't know I'm doing that. Boy, look at that. I didn't realize that. Very fixable. Their body language is weak. The way they sit in the chair is weak. They're not mirroring the interviewer. They're not looking in the eye. Not using any hand language. Their whole body language speaks of, I'm very casual, it's informal, a lot of issues, very fixable. Do you know what those issues are? Have you taken the time to go out and really get prepared and video yourself? It's a very simple thing to do. What if you're in that 50% group that looks at it and says, you're right, I wouldn't hire me. If you won't hire yourself, who is going to hire you? These are very fixable issues, but they're in that do's and don'ts because candidates don't know they're doing it. Doing it. They know they shouldn't once they see it, but they don't actually know they're doing it because nobody told them it or they haven't seen it. I want to take a minute and give you some tools if you choose to use them. I've only got a short time to talk and I can't give you all the advice and all the information that you need to really prepare yourself. The choice is up to you if you want to pick up these tools and use them. On our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, we provide a wealth of free and products for you to determine what you need. We offer a free blog where we write articles almost daily about issues facing a job search. Just go to our homepage, impacthiringsolutions.com, click the candidate section at the top or the hiring manager section, scroll down to free resources, and you'll see the word blog. Click on that. There is a wealth of information on resumes, on interviewing, on branding, on networking, on preparation, so many different things for you to learn from. And they're free. All of our past radio shows are there. So if you're a first-time listener or just recently come to hear about the show, you can go on our website, impacthiringsolutions.com, click the candidates, click the hiring manager section, whatever it is, and you'll see audio library. Click it. There's all the different shows you had with the title, the topic, and what they do, and you can listen to them or download them, whatever you want. They're free. Just like this radio show is free. Now, there, is, there are products there for you to buy. And obviously, we can't work one-on-one -on -one with candidates or hiring managers. So you have to write something down. You have to put it in a form that candidates can get. And we wrote a, two books on that. If you're a candidate, we have a book called This Is Not the Position I Accepted. Because so many candidates 
go through the interviewing process and get in the job, and it turns out to be a completely different job than what they thought. In that book are all the things we're talking about today. It's an extensive job search book. My partner, Barry, and I wrote that with one thought in mind. And it took us a year and a half to put it together, but we did it because we constantly were asking ourselves, what do candidates do wrong, and how do we communicate the right way to do it? So they go and conduct an effective job search. That was what the workbook, and it's not a book you read. It's a workbook. So we even want the next step. We don't want to book, put a book together that they just read and put on the shelf and forget. We want to put a book together that you are going to have to do some work. It's really going to move you from the knowing to the doing. And we put in there everything on resumes, on five chapters on interviewing, six chap, I think four chapters on resumes, uh, phone interviewing, all the mistakes candidates make. We have a, a whole section just on, do you know the 10 critical questions to ask in an interview? That's going to come up. We're going to talk about that. We put together 135 different questions for you to ask in an interview because that's one of the biggest problems that candidates are going to talk about right after this commercial break, if you will. So let me just say that book is available to you. You go to products, go to candidate, and go to our products page, and there's the book right there. And right now, we'll send you that book for candidates absolutely free for you to look at for two weeks, and then you can buy it or send it back. You've got to pay the shipping. I'm not, gonna, I'm not taking money out of my pocket to pay the shipping all over the world. So for $5, we'll ship you the book. Read it. Look at it. If it doesn't do what we promise you'll do, send it back and won't charge you anything. But at least for two weeks, take a look at it. See if it will help you. And if it does, it's going to cost you $36.95. $36 for it to change how you can get an interview. What's the ROI if you get a job one month earlier? So I'd like you to at least take a look at these resources. And there are a lot of resources out there. It's not just us. But if you've listened to our materials and you think we know what we're talking about, you engage us, you tried it, you see it, it works, then you should think about taking the next step. I do want to talk about that interviewing next step. So let's get back. If you're new, just joined us. We're talking about interviewing do's and don'ts. This is LATalkRadio.com. Every Monday from 11 to noon, my Pacific my partner, Barry Deutsch, and I talk about hiring issues, whether it be from how companies need to attract, hire, and retain their top talent, or whether it be on candidates and helping them conduct an efficient and effective job search. And today we're talking on interviewing do's and don'ts. We have already talked about the first impression. We have talked about the need to listen carefully. We have just we just finished talking about from an email from Kevin in St. Uh, Paul about why am I getting even what may be going wrong, and it may very well be that presence that you get. Again, if you just join us, I want to let you know that, remember, candidates don't understand this point or grasp it. It's not the best qualified that always gets the job. It's often the best interviewer. And our goal today is to make you the best interviewer. Let me talk about one more thing that comes up, and that's questions and interviews. I just mentioned that in the commercial I just did. One of the most frustrating parts, I think, is where candidates miss the point, 
and really miss a golden opportunity to differentiate themselves from other candidates is in the questions they ask. I'm absolutely dumbfounded by how poor the questions are. The candidate, even at the executive level, will sit in this interview for an hour with this hiring manager firing questions at them and never asking questions themselves about the issues. A hiring manager may ask them, well, what have you done about turnover? and What are issues in turnover? The candidate will ask but never engage back of questions about turnover. What are you doing about your turnover? Why is that a problem? Has it been a problem in the past? They'll ask them about, tell me about what you've done around purchasing. And they won't begin to have a dialogue around those purchasing issues. They don't ask good questions. In our book, this is not the position I hired. I'm sorry, this is not the position I accepted. We have a whole section with 135 questions for you to ask and interview, all broken down by different categories. So if you're getting into a situation on leadership, you can ask those questions about leadership. You want to, the initiative comes out, how you're proactive, we've got some questions about that. But the one area that I think is so important that candidates miss, on page 82 in our book, we have the 10 most important questions every candidate should ask in an interview. The 10 questions that time and time again Companies have come back to us and said, you know, one of the reasons I like this candidate so well, they asked me really good questions. They made me think in the interview. Again, it's about presence, about differentiating. Questions also give confidence out. When your confidence shows you're willing to challenge, you're willing to question, you're willing to ask, you're willing to engage. You're not just a robot there answering questions. And the candidates don't ask these 10 questions. We go over... Many questions that they yeah, have to ask a few simple standard questions that every candidate asks in the interview. But nothing really to probe and make that interviewer think. There are different questions for HR and recruiters than there are for hiring managers. There are different questions that you would ask a VP of Human Resources, VP of Sales, VP of Operations, CFO, and they're all different. Can't even do that. We have 155 questions you can ask in an interview. Pick the ones you need and go differentiate yourself. I believe this is one of the reasons candidates don't move to the next step. I believe that's one of the reasons that, not the recruiter now, that's what the hiring manager I'm talking about. Where you go to a hiring manager, the hiring manager likes you, you've got the same skills, you're vanilla. You're the same as you've seen in the previous hour. You're the same person I've seen in the last 10 interviews. You didn't do anything different. You need to think about how can you differentiate yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is asking questions. These 10 questions on page 82 in our book, this is not the position I accepted. And that's the book I mentioned. We'll send you a free right now. You can get the book for five bucks. We'll send it to you. Write the 10 questions down and send it back to us. So for five bucks, you got the 10 most important questions. I don't have time to go over all of them. That's why I'm not going to do it. I don't have time to go through 135 different questions. But for all there, get the book. Go to our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. 
Go to candidates. Go to products. There's the book. Get it. We'll send it to you. Boom. It's yours. Write them down. Send it back. It's up to you. But those, just how you ask questions are important. Do you ask the question very timidly? Do you ask it with confidence? Do you ask it in a confrontational way versus a trying to get information learning way? These are all important kind of things to do in an interview. And this is what makes you different than everybody else. If you take the time to really prepare well and think about the problems you solve, the issues, the questions that need to be asked around that, you can really separate yourself. I was recently doing a search for a VP of manufacturing supply chain, and one of the candidates went in, and actually I, I prepped because he got my book. I put plug in the book, but he got the book, and he started asking questions in the interview for that book, and I recognized the questions. I was sitting right there. After the interviewer, the CEO walked back in and said, boy, that person really asked some really good questions, didn't he? Different than all the other people. Really seemed like uh, uh, was really interesting more about the job. He just changed the job, took the question, and talked about management style, leadership style, fit, culture, all those things is why candidates fail. And the CEO came back and said, you know, he really wants to understand the company and how we operate and how I operate, which was very good. So just by asking those questions, he set himself aside from all the other candidates. And we did probably, up to that point, about four or five candidates. So asking questions in the interview is absolutely critical. And it's beneficial to you. Maybe it's not the right job. I'm helping a candidate right now put together a resume. The biggest thing we're, we, we're dealing with is turnover. He has an extraordinary amount of turnover. Because I believe that he probed a little bit further and he asked the right questions, some of those jumps he may not have taken. Kind of why I wrote the book. This is not the position I accepted. Because I think candidates enter a job with great energy, enthusiasm. It's going to be long-term. I'm looking forward to do the job. I really want to make a big impact here. Most candidates really want to do a good job. Long-term, they're not looking for a turnover. And they get into the job, and many step back and think, oops, I wish I would have asked. Oops, I wish I would have known. Oops, if I'd have known it was this way, I probably shouldn't have taken this job. So interviewing also helps you get to that point where you can really ask those right questions. Let me We're going to run out of time here, so I'm going to try and take another question here. And one of the ones that I think everybody gets, I'm going to deal with this one, because this is from Shelley in Portland, Oregon. Shelley, I'm going to summarize it very briefly because I know you, you wrote a long email here, but I'm going to summarize if you're listening. It basically says, I hate to tell me about yourself question. How do I answer this? I wrote a whole article on our blog about this, Shelly, and I posted it on LinkedIn, and you can read it there. Again, go to impacthiringsolutions.com, go to Canit, free resources blog, and scroll down until you find the one saying, how do I answer the tell me about yourself question? You get this in a lot of different areas. Some of the do's and don'ts about this is candidates don't know where to begin. This can be a great question for you. You can really use this to leverage the interview. Unfortunately, most candidates don't really know. And it's the same thing about can you give me an overview of your background or you know, kind of give me the highlights of your resume. Same thing. It doesn't really matter. It's just generic throw out, you know, kind of 
question they throw out. Here's what I suggest. I would suggest you practice this answer. Have three or four different answers for this question, however it comes up. And answer them all the same. Whether they say, what will be your resume or whatever, give me an overview of your background or tell me about yourself. doesn't matter. They're all the same. They all fit the same cookie jar, if you will. Use this to leverage and hit the high points that are really important. This is your opportunity to kind of control the interview. This is your opportunity to focus on a couple of your accomplishments. This is your opportunity to engage that interviewer on some of the things you really want to highlight. This is your opportunity to go through your resume in a short period of time and make what you want to stand out stand out. So I think the tell me about yourself question is so open that you get an opportunity to answer it in a way that will make you look the best. You're basically getting this chance now to pick up the highlights of your career and make the focus of that interview at that moment in time. So don't fear the tell me about yourself question or what have you. Embrace it. But practice the answer so you know what it is you want to answer and how you want to answer that. So also, I got a lot more depth on that on, on our blog article. So take a look at the article on the blog and we can have a lot more depth on that. But this is a question that you should think about really embracing as you go through this interviewing process. Because the tell me about yourself really is a opportunity for you to stand out and make that strong first impression and set the tone. Wow, this person really has done a lot of really good things that I want to probe further. It also gives you an opportunity at the end of that question to engage that hiring manager again by asking, were any of those points critical? Are there any specific areas in, the, in, this, in my background that really are important to you and stand out? For those of you who have listened this whole time, I'm going to give you a bonus, a little bonus section here that those who are the first part aren't going to hear. I'd like you to think about the fact that there are only three types of questions to ask in an interview, that are, that are asked in an interview. There are throwaway questions, tell me about yourself, where you get to kind of answer any way you want, because they're not necessarily building depth questions, but they're important questions. Information type questions. These are the types of questions where the interviewers just want to gather information about you. You answer these a little bit different. They're more factual. How many people did you supervise? What was the size of your company? How big was your department? How big was your company? They tend to be factual-based and be used to help lay the foundation to see if you've had the scope and experiences wide enough. Very easy to answer because everybody knows them. Unlike the first, tell me about yourself, candidates struggle with that because they really don't know how to answer it. The third category we call the pain questions. These are the most difficult to identify in the interview, but these are the ones where you can stand out in the interview. These are the questions that you get to really answer as you go through this, meaning that uh, they're having some kind of pain, and by you listening carefully, they're listening, listening carefully, 
you'll be able to take one of your accomplishments and align it. But you have to listen for these pain questions. They're very difficult. They may be around a, around a topic. Can you give me an example where you've dealt with turnover? Or how have you handled a bad employee? Or have you ever worked on an international project? And it tells you right there, something's in the mix. How can I align my background? They may be a pain question. So listen carefully to those throwaway questions, informational questions, and pain questions. So I've got less than a minute left here. I just want to remind you, please take some time to think about what you're doing. Move from the knowing to the doing. Take the time to understand, are you listening? Are you making a strong first impression? Do you have a strong presence in the interview? By videoing yourself. Do you have a way to differentiate yourself with the questions you ask? How do you know and get used to listening for the three types of questions? Pain, information, and throwaway. So you can begin to answer those questions. Do you spend time mirroring the person? If you don't know what mirroring is, look up uh, linguistic programming and learn about how to mirror the interviewer. You can just tweak your interview a little bit. And by doing a few of these do's and don'ts, your interview can move from getting an interview to getting a job. So don't forget, in our workbook, get it for free. Just take right to 10 questions down send it back to me. ImpactHiringSolutions.com. Go to candidates. Go to uh, products. And get our book. Spend five bucks. Five bucks, and you could be having a new job in less than 30 days. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. I'm Brad Remillard. This is Impact Hiring Solutions Live. We're here every Monday from 11 to noon. And if you'd like more information about how to speed up your job search, go to impacthiringsolutions.com and go to our free resources. Take a look at the free resources and incorporate those into your job search or into your hiring process to really become effective at hiring. I'm Brad Rumlart with Impact Hiring Solutions, and you're listening to LA Talk Radio Live. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad.